Tudo people. Tudo peoples. Tudo humans. Tudo homo sapiens. Tudo peeps. All of you. What is good? We are out here. My name is Gennaro Munoz. And I am Kevin Adams. And we are still at school. <laughs> yes. Still in the classroom. It's always different when you're in here, like, and it's late, and you're all by yourself, and it's quiet. It's creepy. It is like, kind of creepy. Feel, I, feel, I feel like I'm in a horror movie. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm just, like, I'm locked up in this office, and, like, who knows what could happen. And, and have you ever, like, when you're at school way late, like, at 9 o'clock, it gets real weird. I have never been here at 9 You've never been here that late? No! I mean, Why? What are you I've doing here until 9 o'clock? No, just hanging out. <laughs> You're just kicking it, kicking it, you know. One of my first colleagues, some time. one of my early colleagues, language arts teacher I've worked with, I won't name him, but he used to, he had been around, he had been around, he'd probably been teaching for like 25 years when I came in. Wow. And at the end of the day, he'd just sit there and just stare at the wall. <laughs> for like the 45, 45 minutes, he'd just be sitting there staring. Do you, know, do you know, this is like a phenomenon. Like I, as I, as I walk through class, past classrooms, during like not student non-contact time you will see people just posted up staring at the wall <laughs> and i'm just kind of like either this is existential dread or charging like what <laughs> I, mean, I don't know <laughs> they're like pun like they'll what am i trying to say um pensive thinking i was yes. gonna say pontificating yes. but that's not the right word um maybe Baby, yo, so we are here. We are two dope teachers and a microphone coming at you right before a holiday break that needs to be reframed. Am I right? It, it's about time. It's it's about it's, time. It's, I don't even know how to talk about it. Like, I mean, I say in I the say winter break, you could say winter break and it's easy. I do say Thanksgiving, but it feels like I feel like I wanted I was about to start saying thanks taking break, but I felt like that 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 you puts me to I, I mean, I don't know. It's fine with me. I just yeah. don't know how other people might react these days, you know? Well, we can't have you indoctrinating children to hate America, Kevin. I'm so, I'm, I didn't say anything about hating America. <laughs> I'm just talking about telling the truth about history. No, there's some really interesting stuff. Like, like you know, I, if, if I can get political for just a moment, there was an individual from a somewhat local think tank that may or may not have certain political leanings that um that was talking about how we really need to protect thanksgiving because it's about giving thanks not about giving guilt and it's like okay if like you seem kind of sensitive about this like <laughs> like what does that even mean what does it even mean it's about not giving uh, who's giving so, guilt i mean we're just talking about the reality of what happened and, we're if, just, and we're i guess there is a, there's a whole group of people that like are like if you talk about the reality you're making me feel guilty but yeah. I think that says more about you and your perspective than the than the realities that I'm bringing up. No, man, it's like we we you know what we need to be having is some critical race therapy. Like that's what we need to be having. Being, being like being like come come in here. So um so let's talk about these feelings of guilt that you have. Um so you have feelings of guilt. Talk about that. Talk about that. I just had the the, the picture from uh from Goodwill Hunting for Robin Williams. <laughs> like it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault and then matt damon's like yeah i know yeah it's not it's your, fault. your fault you gotta you gotta let go we also just here we've also <laughs> both seen the movie we're not making light of what wasn't matt damon's fault but i maybe that's the thing it's like it's not your fault and even if it was ain't nothing we can do about it like <laughs> we passed this but we gotta acknowledge and start to have a conversation so we could get better it's a if trip. you're not racist like you said 
Yeah, exactly. I'm not racist. And if you have tons of black friends, I'm sure they'll appreciate this conversation. Right. They will. They will. <laughs> and, you know, here, here's the thing, man. Like, I don't know. This is a little bit of a hot take, but I don't actually care if people are racist. Like, the, that's the right. Is, whether or not you're racist a, absolutely has no effect on my life because you're probably not going to be around me. We're probably not going to be in the same spaces. We, we ain't going to kick it. Nope. So, like, my thought is, like, I don't care if you're racist, just don't support racism. Like, don't that's right. get a racist, like, and realize that our actions, you know, uphold racial hierarchies and white supremacy. I mean, that's just the reality. And so, like, whether or not you're racist isn't really the point. Like, it, racism is not a personality trait. It's a system. That's um, right. And are we upholding the system or are we disrupting it? Um, yo, if you are new to the show, welcome. Thanks for joining us. It's really good to see everybody if you are new to the show. Um, we would invite you to follow us on Twitter. Help us get to 10,000 followers. We're at 9,600 right now. 400 people just need to click on that follow. You only have to interact with us. We just want to tally the follows. Uh, we are at Two Dope Teachers on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find us at Two Dope Teachers on Facebook. You can email us at two, two dope teachers at gmail.com. And finally, if you like the content of the show and you'd like to see more of it and you'd like to see me and Kevin get free, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash two dope teachers. Yo, I'm, I'm geeked for this uh, next uh, conversation. I, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, this, what we keep, we keep bringing, what we do is we keep our ears to the street and we bring dope, we relevant do. guests. Y'all hear me banging on the table. He's banging. Uh, we banging didn't hear it, but we believe that you're doing it. But we bring dope, relevant guests. And I think, you know, for all of my people in the Denver metro area today and all of our people back in New York, I think you're going to vibe on this. But all of you in general, uh, we, we have a very, very special guest. We've been blessed today by the presence of our new superintendent, as superintendent, super, <laughs> super, super. He's a new super. Uh, Dr. Alex Morrell. That's right. And so Dr. Alex in this conversation will share with us his vision for the Denver Public Schools, his, um, his ideas to disrupt the status quo, and the firest of top fives. A little bit of East Coast bias, but that's okay. Because we're good. That's right. That's right. And again, you know, like, I'm sorry, but uh, you, you got to stick around for this top five. Because, like, I don't know. I just, I, I never thought I would have a school, the, the superintendent of my district. That's real. Be dropping jewels like this. Yep. Right off the bat, his first one, I was like, you done. You, you done won. Yeah, he won. He, he won. He won. And, you know, and that's the thing is like you can't win hip hop, but you can't lose it either. You know what I'm saying? That's like right. kind of the way it is. The hey. only way you can lose hip hop is if you lose hip hop. You hear what I'm oh. saying? You see what I'm saying? You hear what I'm I saying? What saying? I see what you're saying. Hey, listen. Um, So so this is super exciting. And um, I, I think that it's fairly unusual to sort of. um break down this um what is it i'm trying to think about like break down these walls that sort of exist between um you know between interested parties in education and so we just really do appreciate 
um, appreciate the fact that we have a superintendent coming on here talking to some teachers and addressing community. Um, before we get into it, I want to tell you a little bit about Quetzal Education Consulting. Quetzal's dope, right, Kev? Yes, yes. We have Marilyn on the show. We've talked to a bunch of folks from that amazing organization. So if, if you aren't in the know about it, Quetzal Education Consulting is a queer, Black, and Indigenous women-owned firm offering anti-racist consulting, PD, coaching, keynotes, workshops, and more. Their newly released abolitionist teaching workshop series coaches and prepares teachers to further develop abolitionist practices in the classroom. Find out why they've been called the future of educational justice by Dr. Bettina Love. Heard of her, right, Kev? Yes. We've heard of Dr. Love. Eminent scholar. Yes, we have heard of Dr. Love, um, who does some great work in hip hop scholarship, too, which that's right. Got to check it out. Check it Um, out if you haven't. Yeah. So you can book a free consultation with Quetzal by calling 510 397-8011 or visiting quetzalec.com. That is quetzalec.com. And if you mention that you heard about them through Two Dope Teachers, you will receive a 5% discount on our Abolitionist Teaching PD series. Once again, book them by visiting quetzalec.com. That's Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-E-C.com on their Connect With Us page. So without any further ado, we will bring you to this great conversation, hopefully the first of many, with Denver Public Schools Superintendent, Alex Marrero. Yo, what is up, everybody? We are here, Kev, direct from the Boogie Down Bronx, NYC. Live and direct. Your the place to be. Denver Public Schools Superintendent. He puts the super in superintendent. That's right. Dr. Alex Marrero, what's popping, brother? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, beyond excited to be with you guys, as I believe you mentioned in a couple of uh, of your uh, podcasts, maybe just one, several several podcasts ago. I am a listener, so I'm not someone who's per- perpetrating a fraud here. <laughs> That's uh, right. I think what you're doing is incredible. Thank you. Um, transcending and um, and and accusatory, like you're really breaking uh, barriers and. I don't know if uh, the world is really ready for it. I know that you have your following, but in terms of everybody else, we're going to make them listen. Yeah. And in terms of superintendent, I like how you said it. Um, <laughs> my dad was a superintendent in school, build in, in actual buildings when we grew up in, oh, wow. in, in the Bronx. So it's interesting that I have that title. <laughs> it just came to me now. He was a the superintendent where we used to have um, the opportunity to live for free, rent free for uh, whatever it was, four or five months that he decided to be part of the family, that guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but super, right? No ER, right? It's super. Yes, super. <laughs> super. Love it. love it, love it. Well, man, you um, you landed in the summer, you know, coming through here in Denver, Colorado. So we'd like to know, first of all, is new district, new city, new time zone, like all of that. How is it going, sir? Well, struggle with the time zone, but everything else has been <laughs> lovely. Um, Incredible city. I get asked that often in terms of, oh, much, much uh, be a culture shock for you. you no know, big old city of New York City. Um, and I think that you all should get offended when someone asks that, because I think this is an incredible, incredible place mm. to live. The, the fact that you guys have so much to do and so much going for you. I don't think that Denver should uh, sell itself short when you, uh, I guess, uh, meet someone from outside, whether it's L.A. Uh, or New York. So, yeah, uh, just for those who are listening, uh, 
you have a lot to gloat about. And I get I guess I have to always put it in perspective. I'm from the hood. I'm from the Bronx, folks, right? <laughs> yeah, the hood, hood, South of Fordham Road, Cedric and Cedar. Cedric and Cedar. Anybody who knows hip hop, that's what Cedric and Cedar. That's that, where it started. That's, that's, that's where it started. Cedar. Cedar. 1973. That's my block 10 years before I landed. So um, and and it was tough, right? I didn't have the glitz and glamour. Yes, you can take a train ride, the one of the four, the two of the five, six, perhaps, yep. and you'll get there in a half an hour. But then you're around Scott. No, you, you're not in your element, right? So yeah. um, this has been incredible for me. The family, um, the family in particular, they love it. They're looking to make this uh, home. We're looking to establish roots. Right now, oh, we're in the no. north side, um, where we we came uh, very quickly to to uh, just set up shop. But not to say that that's going to be home to be determined in terms of where yeah, in Denver. Yeah. I know there's a lot of folks who have great opinions on where the family should. And as far as me, no, education is education. The politics that yeah. come along with it, especially when you get to this level, they're the same. Uh, the nuances, the names, um, the acronyms may be different. So, so in terms of the learning curve, it's, 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 been, it's been minor. It's been a tremendous learning experience. But in yeah. terms of the nuances of, of the work, no, once once you're in the game, you've been in the game, right? If you get yeah. shipped uh, from from the Knicks to the Nuggets, there's yeah. going to be a little bit of altitude acclimation. <laughs> but you're going to know exactly how to acclimate to the to the plays. Yeah, so, let, um, let me I ask love you the about question that. because yeah. I think it's it's meant in good intention. But Denverites and Coloradians just know that you guys have a lot. If anything, you should be boasting. Um, are you excited that you're here finally? Is I think yeah. the question should be asked. Yeah, no, that's why we've, we've been trying to, like in Denver, we've been trying to say that to NBA free agents for a really long time. But um, so um, tell us a little bit of how you got in the game, though. You talked about this time that you spent in the game, how you, how you love education. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's a longer story. I'll start by yeah. saying that I never in a million years, I thought that I would be leading a district like Denver. Mm. Um, it was not something that you write down on a piece of paper. Uh, we all... Yeah. Um, have uh, those experience in what you want to be. Mine was, you know, a baseball player, a rapper, producer, everything that, that you would think that would come out of. Second act, a second act. Uh, <laughs> Latino, I got skills. Don't sleep on me, Munoz. Won't uh, do it. Won't do it. Uh, so aside from that, education really jaded me. Hmm. Um, and I promise I, I owe you this longer story if I'm ever invited back. No, <laughs> no, no. That, that educators... <laughs> Uh, unlike you, uh, Kevin, unlike you, uh, Munoz, who, who are doing incredible work, I had folks who counted me out because of where I lived. That's saying, real. Saying, oh, he lives on the other side of Fordham Road. That's 10468 area code. You know what the deal is yep. there. Yep. I heard this. And I was too young, naive, with long hair and, and introverted, scared. Yeah. Because the language scared of because I was the minority of the minorities. Does that make yeah. any sense? Um, to even think that I should say something. Yeah. Um, and, and my brother also had a reputation. It wasn't a good one. And he was always two years ahead of me. So it was predetermined. Little Alexi, uh, El Manito de Manolo. Yeah. Um, se escuela, right? When yeah. part of me. I don't know if you have to hear that, right? But no, it's, it's, all, it's all hell's breaking loose when he comes on board. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still here as an educator. So that goes yeah. to show that That's I right. have a chip on these shoulders to prove uh, some folk who think that uh, it's predetermined for us. Yeah. Um, but at the same rate, uh, even when uh, I was really, really down and out and I lost mom, dad was never around. My brother was able to save his life in the military and I'm faced to figure out whether I'm going to go uh, continue school or, yeah. you know, go into the workforce because she passed. And that was yeah. the, the turning point in my life and where an educator actually 
step uh, stepped in and, and reached out and saying, no, 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 I see something in you and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that you succeed. Yeah. That was a turning point. That's where I shifted from being a business uh, student who was uh, going to use uh, the bilingualism to, to sell stocks and options to the bodegueros uh, in, in, in the hood, which is still, mm -hmm. I think, a genius idea, right? Yes. But to sell insurance uh, to the bodegueros and the mom and pops. Um, but I, I, I realized I needed to do what was done to me and save a life. And I've been saving life since then. And that's the mm -hmm. abbreviated version. Just, mm -hmm. just know that they, I felt that there was a lot of uh, divine intervention in terms of things that happen. You know, selling Avon on the streets of Fordham Road when everybody else is in Orchard Beach and we're humiliated because yeah. all yeah. my friends are on the bus passing by saying, look at Alex, he has to sell Avon uh, with his mom, translating four for 10, for the order and 10 bucks. Yeah. And then yeah. ultimately enrolling in the school that's across the street that I never knew existed, Fordham University, mm. an, an oasis. Yeah, all Fordham, State. yeah. Um, and, and also ultimately being summoned by a superintendent uh, to a building where we used to sell to our clients, uh, the people who are dressed like I'm dressed. And that's where headquarters for the Department of Education in New York City and being offered the opportunity to lead a school. Yeah. Um, it was all like, it was written as Nas says. It yeah, was yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's dope. And, you know, Kevin and I like, so it's interesting. We, we're on, we're in this conversation where all three of us came from, you know, kind of non-traditional routes. We, we all look to do something different and then, um, and then fate, destiny, or chance kind of brought us into education. Um, Kev, you have you have a question kind of about um, the status of of BIPOC educators in in the city of Denver. You want to pose that question right now? Yeah, you know, and I love I love first of all, Dr. Murillo, I love your point, you know, because I was a person who was dis disillusioned with education, and and you know, it still shocks me. I think my mom is always shocked, but very proud that I'm a teacher. Uh, because uh, I, I was not the most academically inclined student. Um, and, and I think it was because, and, and now looking back on it, you know, I, I see myself differently because I, I, I know I was intellectually inclined. I just wasn't inclined into the things that, you know, my teachers wanted me to go. And I think, you know, it's led me to think about my, my role as a black educator. And so I'm just wondering your thoughts, you know, one of the things we've been dealing with in, in this city across this country, back in New York, you know, they're dealing with the same thing, is the shifting demographics of American public schools. And the fact that most teachers are, I think I heard 80% of educators are white women, right? And so I just wonder about your thoughts, your vision for BIPOC educators in Denver public schools um, during your time. Uh, great question. And uh, what's most exciting about that question is it was a question uh, that was posed to me, but also feedback that I received, um, whether it was students, staff themselves, and from our community, and what I engaged in the listening and learning tour, which is how I, I was onboarded. Meaning, um, if, if there hasn't been any true action around addressing that gap, um, it's going to happen this time around because it can't be avoided, right? Because it's embedded in the listening and learning to our feedback, which phase two is now the transition team who's grappling with all of that. It can't be ignored. No cream rises to the top. And that is the cream. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, bar none. Put academics aside, put uh, safety aside, put the politics and the reform movement aside, which I was expecting a whole lot of that. It was our, BIP our BIPOC educators on how we need to recruit, 
know, redefine on how we uh, really execute, retain and support. So I will be shocked. And I say shocked because I'm hands off when it comes to the transition team work, because I don't want to come off as a puppet master, right? Yeah. I want it to come from the community. It's a community's voice. Quite frankly, it's a cheat code of the superintendency for those who are budding superintendents. Yeah. You, hear, you hear from the folks who you're serving, you make sure you codify, make sure you revisit, you repeat back, and then you have another team of experts, local and external, yeah. uh, to, to engage and give you priorities. And now it's your duty, which will be my duty to build a plan. Yeah. Uh, so uh, is it my goal? 100% because I know uh, how impactful you guys have been in this platform. Imagine if we had these conversations in each one of our PLCs, right? So um, it's not difficult to, to imagine. Uh, I guess the system doesn't allow it. I get tasked with uh, the responsibility of, of, of breaking those barriers, right? Or building something to make sure that we can, again, recruit, entice, right? Entice recruit, um, onboard, make sure that they're successful and support and then develop. So uh, that's how I would do it if I would ask. And, and, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what is, uh, what the priority specifically says. Yeah. And I'm excited because I think it's going to come twofold. It's going to come from the equity subcommittee, which is one of the three, and it's going to come from the operations uh, subcommittee. So uh, at that point, now we're going to really embed it into the strategic plan. One concern I have about that is what you mentioned in terms of the percentage. You know, 70 plus, 80 plus percent of our educators are, are non-black uh, um, nor brown. Um, and I think that's a trend across the nation, definitely in Denver, but it's in reverse when you look at the population. Right. Um, I have some concerns as I'm also looking at the landscape and the projections and uh, the regional analysis I don't know what Denver is going to look like in, in two, three, four, five years. No, that's real. Here's me being vulnerable because I'm here going to build a plan. And the longer the plan, the better, because it's going to create some sort of structure and sustainability in terms of making sure that we're riding the same wave and working towards it. But there's not going to be a 10-year plan like we all have had. I think that's unrealistic as an understatement. Yeah. Um, but five years also pressing it. Yeah. So I'm concerned about what Denver is going to look like. Listen, where are, where are our students going to live? Yeah, that's right. Just came here. You guys have New York right. City prices. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. And we didn't even realize yeah. it. By the way, they just snuck I mean, up on us. And actually, they I was, snuck I, up on us. And actually, the you know the the latest report I saw saw that Denver is the second most gentrified city in the country behind San Francisco. So in that way, we we're actually past New York City, which is really troubling. No, I appreciate you naming um, housing access to housing and housing equity because those are, as so many educators know, those are inseparable from student achievement and from the structures that we work in. Um, what one thing I really appreciated you saying, and and Kevin and I have talked about this. I've talked about this with my friend Brooke Brown. She's Washington State Teacher of the Year. She's amazing. There is a question, um, and and you addressed it within the idea of recruitment and retention, but it's also I think you said redefining about how we can't simply seek to indoctrinate Black and Brown teachers into the status quo. We have to be willing to have Black and Brown teachers reimagine the status quo. Um, kind of related to that, um, there are reports all over the country in schools um, with attrition of staff that I think Atlantic, Atlantic Monthly is calling it the great, the big quit. 
the uh you know what what was the other thing um the great resignation great resignation yeah that kind of thing what what are what are your thoughts around that and what are the implications for the really important work we're trying to do for kids in schools yeah so it is uh the great resignation that was coined uh, in the height of the pandemic and i think at all levels yeah. No, my role is no exception. You look around, all the big districts, uh, whether it was New York City at, at one point, uh, LA, LA Unified at the moment, Chicago was just recently, people are dropping like flies. Superintendency is so undesirable at the moment. Wow. And, if, and, and beyond that, more importantly, I would say at, at, the, at the ground level, the most impactful work, which happens if it's not inside the classroom, uh, around the classroom. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say that I have a fix. I was asked this, I had the opportunity to to sit at an incredible uh, panel out in one of the regional uh, universities here in Denver. And I was asked that question and I sensed a little frustration when I was not unable to answer it, but I, I, I keep it real, right? Um, and if I had the answer, not only will I share it, um, I would share it widely to make sure that we can uh, you know, solve this issue. It is a crisis. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, a, it's a crisis. It goes well beyond education. I think we really need to do something on the federal level, at the very least, when it comes to the state level. Yeah. Here's what I can say is we have a day off and, and it was scrutinized by a few, celebrated by many uh, this week, this uh, the week before we head off to break. Yep. And that's not enough. Right. Because after the break, we're going to encounter the same fatigue, the yeah. same frustration yeah. and the same need for support and call for support. And I don't think it is also um, a, a bonus or a retention bonus, although I have I have some tricks up my sleeve because uh -oh. that, that's going to that's going to come and go as well. Well, forget that. Yeah. I think it's, it's the profession. So let me let me get on my soapbox here. Do it. Right? Do it. Get it. Um, where in, in my culture, um, well, I shouldn't say that my parents culture. Right. Um, although they don't make it out of middle school. Right. Because of the needs and necessities and they have to go and make a living. Yes. There is this reverence. And disrespect for el profesor y la maestra. Mm. Yes, yes. Right, that they have they have permission to whip you right back in yep. the day. Right, <laughs> right. Kevin's got stories about that board of education. <laughs> I'm not endorsing that. I don't want this to be misconstrued. That's what right. I'm saying That's is, right. parents gave their child to el profesor, maestra, maestro, and saying, "Okay, you're responsible for them. You do as you wish, because I have nothing but respect." and admiration for what you bring to the table. Right. And although there's a lot of issues in the third world countries in terms of how education is seen beyond uh, the secondary level, that type of respect, I don't know if we have that here in the States, right? Real. So um, I think that's what needs to be addressed. So Secretario mm -hmm. Cordona, you know, I have nothing but respect for you, but this is an opportunity to shift it. And once we start paying our educators, like we pay doctors, right? Um, and we pay our, our other civil servants who are held to that regard and that ultimate level of respect, then perhaps we won't have this much of a turnover. Will we have burnout? Yes, because the stakes are gonna, are gonna increase, right? But I know that what we do is the most rewarding but the most difficult and the thankless job, right? Because we do everything in our power to make sure our students succeed and we have nothing but obstacles in front of us, financial obstacles, and, and, and political obstacles and ultimately what happens, which is the, un, no, the unspoken realities of what that youngster is gonna bring to that table that one day, right? Whether it's right. a testing day or not. Yeah. So no one can tell me that we have the, the, the hardest job, but we're not rewarded as such. Yeah. So my battle 
is really lobbying at that level while I tried to tread water here at Denver. Not, not a very popular answer, but a, a me being transparent. If I had a fix, I'll give it to you all and I'll share it widely. But until we fix it at the macro level, federal, state, and then local, we'll, we'll keep treading water. And treading yeah. water leads to fatigue, right? Yeah. right? Even those of us who are composed is like that, that, that uh, metaphor in terms of the duck. You know, I, I'm composed, I'm never gonna show that I'm sweating, but I'm paddling like the heavens under, I really am. So uh, <laughs> we all are, right? But yeah. if I start losing uh, you know, faith and focus, what's gonna happen to the institution? Right. So in terms of what we're doing, no, we're gonna continue keeping my, our, ears, our ears to the ground and having a pulse in terms of what you all need. I can say this here, and I didn't say that day at the panel because I was concerned about it uh, catching like wildfire, but I think it's important to say my intent. I'm right now engaged with uh, our CDE, our, our Colorado Department of Ed, to see if they're gonna give me more than just a slap on a wrist if, uh, if we choose to, to opt out of uh, evaluations, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's another way of saying thank you. Um, yeah. But I also know that no good deed goes unpunished, hence this day <laughs> off, right? I, I, and I got quite a bit of hate mail sure. from our parents. Uh, yeah. I guess 10 days aren't enough. I wonder what they're gonna do when we have an emergency snow day, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. just so you know, I'm a parent too. I have to live with it as well. So. That's right. That's there right. We go. There we go. No, I appreciate there we go. that. That's, I mean, that's uh, important. That's important. And, and the, um, looking at the big picture and, uh, love this idea that, you know, well, how much trouble am I going to get into <laughs> for this? I think that's, I think that's great. And that's a, that's a thing to be heard. And, you know, to your point, I really do appreciate you saying that one day is not enough. Um, but understanding that there's more that needs to be done. Yeah, and I, I just want to follow up on that and, and just thinking about, you know, that, and I think, I, I think teachers really appreciated the day. And, and I, I'm just curious, um, other thoughts of you that, and I think this relates to the burnout, but thoughts about how do we really make sure that teachers' mental health, our students' mental health, which even in our community, we've dealt with a lot of this problem um, throughout the city, throughout the country, right? I think one of the things that the pandemic has shown us is that we have really severe challenges with mental health. And so I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts around uh, how to best support the mental health needs of our educators, but also our students and community members overall? Yeah, yeah. So I love how you always phrase it in the three, the three pillars, right? It's uh, staff, students, and our community. If, uh, if, we can, if we can hit all three of those, then we'll be okay. Um, unpopular uh, answer because again, we don't have it all figured out. In terms of our students, I think that we, we are doing um, yeoman's work in terms of supporting our students, thanks to you all. You are well beyond uh, Senor Munoz, uh, no teacher of the year, your guidance counselor of the decade and social worker of the week. Um, <laughs> meaning you and all your others uh, are engaging well beyond the scope of what you've been asked to do and what you were hired to. Um, and, and we have a tremendous amount of support with, with the SRO resolution, additional support in terms of funding that yeah. went straight into specific schools in terms of our social emotional supports, uh, manpower, physical bodies that are not available. Yeah. So no, uh, if, right. if our students aren't aware of that access, then, then we need to do a better job communicating because it does exist. Yeah. Um, absent, pardon the pun, of those who are absent because of the fatigue, right? Got bars. Um, when it comes to our community, I think that we need to do a better job there. I'm excited about the spring once I get through this listening and learning in terms of uh, what I am going to 
either coin the community school model or something else in which we open up our school doors and they no longer become um, simply just you know, the, the place where a student goes for seven hours. Um, yeah. It's a hub, right? I do believe in that. I know what it is to transform a school. The answer is not closure. Ultimately, it's on the list. Yes, I'm not gonna say that we're never gonna close schools under my tenure, but yeah. it's the last, last, last resort. And, yeah. uh, and a, a way to really open up those doors is to offer what I'm doing now. I'm here in West High School uh, for a vaccination uh, clinic in yeah. which I'm gonna support, shake hands, but ultimately get my booster as well. And there's folks who go well beyond the confines of West Middle School and West High School. These are community members. So that's how we can support. Same philosophy, but also when it comes to our mental support. So whether we have some triage, that doesn't exist from what I understand. I'm looking forward to building that. The most important is uh, how we can really support our staff um, in terms of uh, something that is strategic and, and that you can point to. Um, and although I can reference everything that we're doing in terms of our human resources and we do have those supports, yeah. uh, clearly it is not enough, right? Mm -hmm. So what we'll do before uh, the next break is to communicate, to make sure everybody is aware of those resources. I know at uh, a board meeting, I forgive me, I forget which one it was, I opened up my superintendent's report detailing what resources are available for our uh, staff yeah. from uh, physical, social, emotional. Um, I'm wondering if we need to really communicate that well beyond the scope of a board meeting um, to see if we have a little bit more traction there. Yeah. But I also have to acknowledge that we also need to uh, develop um, our own internal supports, whether it's you know the, the casual conversations, sometimes skull sessions go a long way. Right. I know that that's how I lead and how I was a principal and a superintendent in terms of making sure your nucleus is, uh, is uh, safe, secure uh, mentally. Yeah. Um, and that, that comes with experience. So that's high level coaching. That's brilliant. Well, we, we want to respect your time, uh, Dr. Marrero. These were, um, these were great responses. And Kev, I think we can pretty much guarantee that we will be inviting the good doctor back onto the show. Uh, because I, I would extend Dr. Doc. If you if you would like, we could we could make a regular. You come through, you know. We you from the BX, so so you know you you already got the dopeness within you. So we'd love to have, you know, a regular time where you come through and just like. And I love this idea of building with the community community Absolutely. conversation, um, because I think given our past leadership in the district, I don't think we've seen that as much as we'd like to. And right. I feel like you're different. You're, you're approaching this in a different way and no, yeah. no, no disrespect to anybody else yep. who came before, but, but you know, you dip and yeah. I'm just going to say it, leave it at that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, Thank you. We'll, I appreciate that. I, I, I would be absolutely open uh, to that. If, uh, yeah. if that's um, something that we can do. So we can just too. have the less structured and the more casual. Now that sounds I mean, good. That's when I'm, I'm, I'm at my best. I mean, now we do have this one question and of course we know that you're in community right now. You're wanting to, uh, we, we, we need to respect that time, but, but th this is act, this is actually kind of a big deal, Kevin. Would this you, is you a very like, big deal. It really um, is. Know, being from um, the Bronx. We're not saying it's your legacy. How big this is a, maybe <laughs> this question is, but yeah, this, this, this becomes, I think, uh, controversial people, Sometimes. people, people just like when you said there's a mental health day, I think people are going to have some feedback. <laughs> hopefully it won't be as aggressive. Hopefully it'll be real positive. But uh, we like to always ask our guests, who are your top five rappers, MCs, 
Now we 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 try to um, <laughs> try to open it up because we know some people can be constricted. So when we say top five rappers, MCs, some people go groups, right? So you could have a group if you want. We don't have to count it individual MC each one unless you want to. Um, some people really don't want to put an order to it. They just want to name five artists. No hierarchy. Just uh, no hierarchy. So so you don't have to feel like you're stuck to this. But if you want to have a hierarchy, you can. Uh, some people, five is not enough for them. So they have to go beyond five. So we call that the Eric Hale rule. You're probably familiar with the Eric Hale rule. So, so I want to answer this question. And although the students know, um, I'm going to just shift while I answer this question. Say hello to group of students. I have my super. What's up, students? students? You can't see them in in, in now. We see evidence of them. M Munoz, you know them according to them. We're one of them the is one of yours, if I'm not mistaken. What's up, okay. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Stay dope, Joe. Answer this question. They, they're, right. they're setting up for our meeting. All right, sounds uh, good. I meet with them two times a month. Uh, no disrespect to you all, but the most important and the best meeting I have. And the most interesting, I would say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, all right, here we go. All right, all right. Wait, hold on one second. Hold on. All right. Yep, we got you. All right. This the the soup is building the the intrigue, the suspense. That's it. Who's it gonna be? Is it is it all gonna be BX rappers? Is he is he gonna jump outside of the boroughs? Do you have any predictions, Kev? I mean, that's the question, but I, I, I predict it will be New York. You can't be from the Bronx and not. That's what I'm saying. Know, All, right. Have the, All right. Sorry so, about that. Yeah, we're, so, we're over here speculating. So, yeah, speculating. let's hear it. You guys are speculating. So, so <laughs> I'm sure all your guests and I've heard, it's truly an impossible question to answer. Really? Right? It's, it's a tough Can't win. Can't win. <laughs> um, but I am not going to be that person, right? <laughs> uh, what I will say is I will not list them in order because that's a longer conversation that that, I have uh, to just do a rap show. <laughs> so here's where I'll go. I'll go. I, I like lyrics. Yes. Right? So let me, I, I'm, I'm a lyric. I like lyrics, right? Lyric. Yep. And, and lyrical. Remember theme. where I'm from, right? Yes. We're just so talking before, about that. Before we judge, right? Remember where I'm from. Remember, people, remember. And remember a young kid who is influenced by someone that not only you hear, Right, whether it's on a mixtape, yeah, and ultimately you see how impactful that is for a young kid. Oh yeah. man, I think I know this is going. Right? <laughs> all so, right. No matter how many great Kendricks we have, and all these great Coles that we have, with all yep. due respect to them, I don't want all to be old head. Right, all disrespect. Um, Big Pun would never get bumped. Ah! Oh, right? I love it. I was right? wondering oh. if Big Pun would come up, but you. Me too. Me too. Up. Me too. Oh man, I love that. Pun. I love that. And I'll give you a little bit more. I'll give you. I'll give you that. That is the second, in my opinion, the second best album ever. Second to "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot" from DMX. Right? Ooh, right, ooh. Right. Remember, DMX was Yonkers. That's yes, a that's right. Away. So I've seen Yonkers. this. Is up. I, <laughs> I've seen the the Rough Riders going up and down, breaking every every traffic law that you can imagine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I love the story of DMX stepping to pun and saying, I want to battle you. Like, yeah. what a great story that was. All right. So, so you got one, right? And and I have to, he's not going to be main, uh, but I want to give respect to the other generation, the golden age, uh, because his mentor was Coogee Rap, and there's no yes. one who knows. So, if but you he's don't not know about Coogee Rap, 
right? I'm not going to put him on my list as Pun's guy. Oh, okay. I want to just throw his name out there. Just throw his name right? out got there. Got you. Got right? you. Like the cool but, but whether it was back in the day in the symphony, putting everybody to shame, when he was in his era, Ill Street Blues, during the Pun era, and even after that in Mob Deep, he was giving them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song, The Illest, but produced by Alchemist. We'll get into the producers at another time. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the one that everybody's expecting. from Bronx, Brooklyn, but uh, real, real, real. I have to recognize real Jay Z has to be on the list, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. All three. right. Agreed. Um, so I like that you said that some others quantify it by saying a group. And as much as I want to say the locks, because uh, Styles is on there, and I like Chic, but Jada is in another realm, right? Kiss. So number three. Um, and then this is where it gets really hard. Right, because you all are expecting Biggie, and I'll tell you right now, with all due respect, he's not on my list. All right, all right, I like that. I like uh, that. And, all right, and with all due respect to Tupac, I think that he is you no know, someone who we should create an undergraduate degree about. Mm, right? Yes, um, he's not on the list. So, yeah. all right, all those all right. Oh, I love the suspense. Right? Wait, so just just to be clear, DMX is not in your top five. Well, he 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 can definitely get there. So it's it's okay. listen. I, I'm battling between DMX, Fabulous, and Redman. Oh, all right. Okay. And, and and if you want to really extend it, um, I can go with Eminem, and I can go with Cannabis until. Okay. All right. Can I bus? <laughs> so um, but these are all people who who I would just have on repeat, repeat, repeat. Right. So. Yeah. It's hard. I know I didn't answer the question. I gave you fun. <laughs> uh, no, and if I had to pick, I had to pick in terms of uh, when it's all said and done. I, no, Redman doesn't get his his his, his recognition. It's true. This um, is true. Fabulous in New York. He's a legend. Um, yeah. And I, I would say, with all due respect to to, to Redman, I would probably go. I'll go. D- DMX was so impactful in my life. Yeah. He yeah. was so he was so impactful. Um, and I know that that some will argue that no, you just say you love lyrics, yeah. But you know what? There's something on when this this man starts yelling. He, if you don't get hype, I don't know what's wrong with you. That's right. That's right. right. You put I on mean... the effects, <laughs> it starts happening. Da 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 da. Now now a sleeper that oh we got a sleeper uh, that could have uh, gone on this list and and he would be if we were really chopping it up and having a real conversation. These names that I share with you are are. Well known, but also in terms of impact, right? right. So it's lyrics and impact, the, right. the list that I give you. Um, and one that I would say that's on the list has probably the most quotables whenever he was on a posse cut. And every song that he was on was practically a posse cut is Inspector right. Deck. And I mentioned oh, the reason. Yeah. Here's why. This is a good Here's one. Here's why. Because I have a question for you guys. You don't have to answer it now. Yeah. Um, I invited you, young man, young man to a, a, my first concert when I landed here, uh, and it was for Wu Tang. This is true. And, and you and you and you didn't stand me up. You just had better plans, I guess. Oh no! Oh so, no! That, that's an. That was with the story. symphony, right? That was with the symphony, Doctor Moreau. Yeah. That was a big one. I heard about it. That was with the symphony and Big you Boy. You called the wrong up. one of us. You called the wrong one of us. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it, it was. That was a moment. That was a tough moment. So here's what here's what I'll say is, uh, since Wu Tang. Um, was the first concert that I attended here in Colorado. I posed a question. How would you rank uh, the members of uh, Wu-Tang? Woo! Right? I want to see how you rank them. Woo! And I have mine. I'll tell you my top three. 
my top three. Remember, I like lyrics. This is Inspector Deck. Yeah, you can yeah. say what you want to say, but he he he's the one that they themselves would say. And this may be a little bit unpopular, but uh, Capadonna, which is all right, uh, all right, I hear you. Oh, that's, I, yeah. some, some may not include him, right? In yes. The, yeah. um, and I, I'm going to go with the the, the genius Jizzle. Um, So those are top three for me. No disrespect to the others. One yeah, who, yeah, gets, yeah. who gets nothing but hate, but I just either have this uh, complex or this uh, this this um, under underdog. Um, just I'm a fan of the underdog. Oh and yeah, you you God doesn't get any love. I like you God. It doesn't get any love. No, <laughs> so, that's true. But I want to hear your response. You guys got to forgive me because I'm well over right now. Yeah. I'm supposed to introduce our educators of color, which is a, it's happening right now. Yes. And I want I don't want to be later than what I am right now. But yeah, that I, sounds I good. Wanted to engage with you guys. All right. But, you know what? I, tell I, you what. Guys, I want to know how you rank the members of Wu Tang. All right. And, and your why behind it. All right. All right. All right. We got you. Next time. Next time. All my Brooklyn folks and all my Biggie fans, you guys know that I'm never on the list. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, consistency, yeah. consistency, and realness. That's what yeah. it is. That's what we got. Like. Dr. Alex Marrero, thank you so much. Get to your meeting. Such a blessing to have you on the show. And let's, uh, yeah, let's have a chop it up episode and let's talk about having an ongoing, um, you know, kind of meetup. I, I think this would be really dope. So, folks, thank you for catching up with us, Dr. Marrero. Thank you for your time this evening. Pleasure, pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you, Mr. Peace.